0: Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, good morning everyone. Thank you so much for making True North a part of your Sunday. Uh, as Daniel said, my name is Joe. I'm on the teaching team here at True North. Uh, and as always, it's an honor and a privilege to be up here and get the chance to share with you uh, some things this morning. And I, today I'm just picking up the baton, like Daniel said, from Pastor Bert uh, as we start our, or continue our summer message series, Battle of the Bands. And I'm really, really excited about getting to be a part of this series because Probably like a lot of you guys, I just love music. I love music, and the thing I love the most about music is when it happens to kind of just perfectly line up with whatever it is I seem to have going on in my life at that particular moment. Um, maybe you've experienced this, you, you have, you're going through something that you just kind of can't quite reconcile or you're feeling some things that you can't just quite put into words and then one day you get in your car and you put on the radio or you put on an album by one of your favorite artists and you're listening to it and maybe you've heard the song before or maybe you're hearing it for the first time but in that moment it's like the music and the lyrics and the melody and all of it just kind of come together and it just perfectly encapsulates whatever it is that you're feeling All of a sudden, the thing that you couldn't put into words has now been put into words by someone you don't even know and never will know. It's really kind of like this magical experience that happens uh, when we listen to music. And then when you find that song, you're putting it on repeat. You're listening to it again and again and again as you get through whatever that season is in your life. And then it just becomes part of the soundtrack of your life. You can go back and look at that song for the rest of time, and you can remember that period of your life. It's really, really cool. And you can do it because music covers a variety of topics. It covers all these different things. And when you uh, listen to this message series over the next few weeks, you'll see that, that music can cover a variety of topics. But if we're honest with ourselves, there is one topic that seems to be covered over and over and over again in a large majority of the music that we listen to, and that is love, to be broad about it. And underneath that big category of love, there are some subcategories of love songs. The first being about unrequited love, right? Somebody loves somebody who does not love them back or does not know that this person is in love with somebody. Uh, and then there is the, the traditional love song where somebody is head over heels in love with someone who is head over heels in love with them in return and that's where we get those mushy love songs from. And then there is maybe my personal favorite, the breakup song, where somebody has had their heart ripped out of their chest by somebody who they love or loved. There are other subcategories, but basically, those are the major ones. And the the song I'm going to talk to you guys about today um, is a love song. Uh, It is. But what excites me about it is I think that it doesn't quite fall under any of those classifications. It's a song by an artist named John Bellion, and it's called Stupid Deep. And we're going to talk more about it in a second. But before I do, Have any of you ever had somebody that you know and love, a friend or family member, tell you about a song or tell you about an artist that they think that you'll enjoy? And then you listen to that song or artist, and then you do enjoy it, but then every single time you ever mention that artist or that song, the person who initially told you about it will always be like, I told you about that. I told you about that song, right? I told you about it, you heard about it from me? I'm like, yes, yes, you did. And so for me, with John Bellion, that's my younger brother, Michael, who is probably John Bellion's biggest fan in the world. If I'm honest, it's slightly creepy how big a fan he is. But if he told me about him maybe 10 years ago. And if I don't mention today, as I talk about a John Bellion song, that I heard about him from my brother, Michael, who's way younger and way cooler than me, I'll never hear the end of it. So there you go. There's that. Um, now, um, before uh, I play the song, um, I want to just say that it is about the search for love. But it kind of offers a different angle on that search for love. And it brings up the suggestion that maybe, just maybe, that the search for love we often find ourselves on can be a bit misguided. In a second, I'm going to play a little lyric video. We'll play that song. Just a little bit about John Bellion first. Uh, he is born and raised on the island. He's not a super commercially well-known artist, but. He writes some of the biggest songs and produces some of the biggest songs that you'll see on the Billboard uh, charts today. And I mention that because I think that's significant. Because I think that when the words of one person continue to kind of permeate our popular culture in a specific way, I think that hints at the fact that there might be some truth behind some of those words. And so this song, Stupid Deep, about the search for love and how it can often be a bit misguided, I think is no different. So if we could just play that lyric video quick.
1: What if who I hoped to be was always me And the love I fought to feel was always free What if all the things I done, yeah Were just attempts at earning love, yeah Cause the hole inside my heart is stupid deep Stupid deep Here and the path I've tried to cut was always clear. Why has life become a plan to put some money in my hand when the love I really need is stupid, cheap, stupid, cheap.
0: Right, so there's kind of a lot to unpack there, but I want to start right at the title, because it's kind of an odd title, Stupid Deep. And we'll start with a little bit of a colloquial lesson here. The word stupid in the 1960s um, kind of became a little bit of a slang term, and it meant extremely or very. And as is often the case with slang, it can kind of come back around, and that uh, version of the word stupid kind of has. And so the word stupid in our slang today can now mean extremely or very. And so if I were to say that TV is stupid expensive, or that restaurant is stupid good, or as John Bellion poses in the song, the hole inside of my heart is stupid deep. And so that begs the question, well, what causes a stupid deep hole inside of a person's heart? Not, not literally, not in a medical sense, but figuratively. What can cause that stupid deep hole inside of a person's heart? And I think that we only have to go back one line before to kind of see the answer. He says, what if all the things I've done were just attempts at earning love? Because the hole inside my heart is stupid deep. Okay, so the stupid deep hole inside of your heart can be caused by a need or a desire for love. We can all relate to that, can't we? Every single one of us wants to feel seen, wants to feel accepted, wants to feel as if we're loved. And, and this is for you if, if you are a Christian, if you have already put your faith in the Lord, and if, if, if you uh, come here regularly, we see it backed up in Scripture because the Scripture says some very, very specific things about the relationship between God and love and us. If you're a Christian, you believe that God is our creator. You believe that he designed us. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves us has been born of God and knows God. So if we're going to break that down just a little bit, God created love. He created love and he created us. It's not like God created us and then love was already out there and then we stumbled upon it and started kind of doing our own thing with it No, God created both of those things, love and us in tandem Leaving it to, to, to us to, to love one another It's literally what we were created to do The scripture says that we no more better resemble God than when we are, when we are accurately loving one another and even if you're not a believer and if you don't buy into the idea of God as our creator and God as our designer and that God created love, you don't have to look far to see evidence that we actually do all have a need for love. There are scientific studies, there are psychological studies, and there are anecdotal evidence. There's anecdotal evidence everywhere. And if you happen to have kids, you see it pretty much every day. My wife and I have two uh, young daughters. Uh, our oldest is two, and our second is. Um, just shy of four months old. And so, you know, we're good parents, but two-year-olds are tough. If you've ever had one, they're tough. You chase them around everywhere, and sometimes it takes two sets of eyes to properly monitor the two-year-old. And so, like I said, we're good parents, but every once in a while, you know, our younger daughter, Andy, will start to kind of cry and just to let us know, like, hey, like, I need something. I need something. And so when that happens, There are like one of a couple of things that could be. She's so small, her needs are so simple. Uh, Maybe she's hungry, maybe she needs a bottle. Uh, Maybe she needs her diaper change, that's fun. Uh, Or maybe um, she's kind of gotten overtired and she needs to kind of be lulled to sleep. There's that. And then sometimes when she cries and she kind of flails her arms around, sometimes when that happens, it's none of those things that she needs. Sometimes she just needs mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, somebody to go over pick her up, look at her, and just smile at her and just love on her. Let her know that she's seen and that she's heard and, she, and that she's accepted. Let her know that she is loved. We are all born with that need to feel Loved you are born with it and it never goes away. It stays with you your entire life from your first day to your last We all have an internal need to be loved and as we get older it gets a bit more complicated uh, And it gets it seems to be a bit more complicated to kind of satisfy that need in us right Because when you're young your parents are supposed to give you that love in a room this size Hopefully many of you have had great parents and you've had great relationships with them And you know what it's like to feel loved by your parents And maybe in a room this size there are some people that didn't have that. Either mom or dad or both didn't give you the love that you feel like a parent should be giving to their child. No matter what side of the fence you fall on that, we can all agree that eventually we move on, right? It's not just enough to be loved by our parents our whole life. We eventually want more. Eventually, we move up and we become our own people and we have friends. And now we want our friends to love us because who doesn't want to be seen and accepted by a group of their peers? And then it goes on to the next stage of life. You get a job. And, of course, you want your coworkers to love you. You want your boss to love you. You want to be seen and accepted, and you want to be enough at work. You want to to make enough at work, right? Because there's a line in the song, too, I don't know if you caught it, where he says, "Um, when did life become a plan to just put money in my hand? Because we do this thing where we ascribe value to money and we feel like if we have money, it makes us more attractive. And so really, if you think about it, yes, we want to have a lot of money because we want to feel safe and secure and all these things, but also having money comes from a sense of like, people are going to like me because I have money. And then beyond that, beyond your parents and your friends and your job, then there's the most important thing of all for most of us. It's, well, who am I going to marry? My boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. We seek love There, we hope to get a perfect love there So that we can have love for the rest of our life And the pursuit of love in all those areas Just brings me back to the very first words of the song Where he sings, what if all, all the things I've done Were just attempts at earning love Because the hole inside my heart is stupid deep All the things I've done, every friendship you've ever had, every project you've ever poured yourself into at work, every relationship you've ever attempted to pursue, all of it an attempt to fill that stupid deep hole that exists within our hearts. Maybe you can relate to something in one of those areas. Maybe, you know, you've had a fortunate life and you've been loved by parents and you've had a good group of friends and work and your romantic romantic life has all worked out for you. Whether that's you or you've struggled in one of those areas, whatever it is, we have all felt at a moment in our life like we are not enough. Can you relate to that? There's been a moment where you have gone above and beyond what anyone has asked or thought you should do. You have put it all on the line for someone or something. You have gone till you were absolutely exhausted, till there was no time left on the clock. You put it all out there, and still you were not enough. Is there a relationship in your life right now where you feel like you are not enough? Is there a circumstance in your life, something that you've just been pounding the table on and going to work on and, and trying as hard as you can, and you feel like you're not enough? When those moments happen, it digs deeper at the stupid, deep hole inside of our hearts that we want to be filled with love. What I like about the song is it poses a problem, but it also poses a potential solution. What if the love I fought to feel was always free? Why has life become a plan to put some money in my hand when the love I really need is stupid cheap? I want to go back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, but this time I'm going to read right through to verse 8. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now. I just read one of the most popular verses in the entire Bible. Many of you in this room have probably heard that phrase before. God is love. But I want to kind of plug it into, literally, our equation that we have today is that, so that not only does love come from, God, come from God, but verse 8 tells us that God is love. And so if God is love, that means that our Creator has designed us with a need for Him. The stupid deep hole that we often feel that exists within our hearts, that can only be filled by the love of God because he's the one that designed us. He is the creator of love. The whole is for love, and he is love. All those pieces coming together lined up that way. What that means is you don't need the love of your parents. You don't need the love of some friend group. You don't need the love of some boss. You don't even need to be in a marriage or in a relationship, God's love is enough to fill the hole that exists within our hearts. That to me feels like a little bit of a relief almost. And, and, and I'm not saying that we don't want the love of our friends and family, of course we do. You would be crazy if you didn't care about that, of course you do. You wanna be loved by your parents, by your friends, by your, by people at work, uh, you know, by your children, whatever. If you love somebody, of course you want them to love you in return. But what a relief it is that when those relationships maybe aren't going the way we want them to, God still loves us anyway. Those relationships, when they operate the way they're supposed to, they are beautiful vessels of God's love in our life. Beautiful vessels of God's love, but they're just that—they are vessels. They are not the source. God is the source, and so. Relationships in our life can be conduits of the love of God, but they are not substitutes. They're conduits, not substitutes. And why? Why is that? Why can't I plug in my relationship with my wife or with a friend or with my parents and have that be a substitute for the love of God? Because they're not perfect, and neither am I. Think about the person that you love most in the world, or think about the person that most loves you. Have they ever let you down? Have you ever let them down? The answer is yes. The answer is unequivocally yes. Even the person that loves you most in the world or the person that you love most in the world, it hurts to say, but you probably had a moment where you left them feeling like they weren't enough. So what a relief it is then that God's love is not imperfect. It's perfect. And it is without condition. And it goes far beyond anything that we can think or imagine. It endures forever, the scripture says. In Ephesians chapter three, verses 17 through 19, it says the love of God is something that we cannot even fathom. It says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. These scriptures are for any time you try and use the way you think others view you to make yourself or convince yourself that the love of God does not extend to you. That's what these verses are for. The love of God is long and wide and deep and it absolutely extends to you. Even when you're asking yourself, why would God love me? My wife wants a divorce. Why would God love me? My parents didn't. Why would God love me? My children won't talk to me. Because God's love is perfect. It's without condition. We get so caught up chasing love in this life from people and we try and hope to be enough to fulfill that and it's without guarantee. But we don't have to do that because the love that we fight to feel is free. It is without condition. You do not have to worry if you are enough for it because Jesus was enough for it when he came and died on the cross for your sins. He was enough, so we did not have to be. That is the promise of the love of God. And so to describe this love in this way, the next question obviously is, well, then how do we get it? How do we get it? It's a simple answer, but I understand it might not necessarily be an easy process for everyone. How do we get it? The first step requires faith. We have to believe. God sending his son Jesus Christ to die for our sins is the greatest act of love the world will ever know, but if we don't believe in it, then we can't accept it. So we have to take the first leap of faith and believe in it, that God's love is real and that it's meant for us. And then once we do that, once we just, you don't have to believe it with all your heart, soul, and mind, just, just take the leap. And when you do that, enter into prayer or worship with gratitude in your heart and that belief. And sit back and watch God work in your life when his love is present in it and you're aware of it. And I get it. I get it's not easy to do that. And it can be made more difficult by this by this like this rich get richer mentality. And and I'll explain that. Obviously you guys have all probably heard the, 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 the phrase the rich get richer, right? It's the idea of like this guy that's a millionaire already invests in company A and company A becomes the next Amazon or the person who already has two successful businesses opens up a third one and it's more successful than the first two combined. And then like you're over here with your like $100 and you invest in a company that's like the next Enron or like the next financial debacle, or you take all your life savings and put it into business and it just falls flat and it doesn't work. And you're over here like, well, obviously the rich just get richer. Get it? Being rich is not for me, having money is not for me because it takes money to make money. I unfortunately think that love oftentimes feels like it's the same thing and it's not. It's easy to look at somebody who you believe has lived a virtuous life who had a great family, who ended up with a great group of friends, who married the right person, or at least we think that all those things happened. And it's easy to look at that and say, well, uh, duh, God loves them, obviously. It's easy for them to accept God's love. Look at their life. That's simple. Of course they can have faith. And you can be over here if you're someone who struggled with something in your life, or maybe all those things did go well for you and you're in a rough patch right now, and now you're starting to question some things. Like, wait a minute, does God love me? If that's you, you're over here thinking, well, of course it's easy for them to be loved. They've experienced nothing but love their whole life. The rich get richer. God's love is not for me. It's for people like that. This is the most important thing I'm going to say all day up here, and it's really simple. That's not true. It is not true. And the Scripture reaffirms that for us over and over again. In the book of Romans, in chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, the Apostle Paul speaks directly to any insecurity we may feel about the love of God being for us. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus Jesus our Lord. The word says there, God's love is so great, there is nothing in all creation that can separate you from it. Absolutely nothing. That means that no matter what you or somebody else says, there's nothing you can say, nothing you can think, nothing you can feel, and nothing you can do. Whether it happened 10 years ago or it happens 10 years from now, none of it can separate you from the love of God and his promise. Anything contrary is a lie, an outright lie. We are all born with a need to be loved. We will strive to be seen and accepted in this world, and we will go through great lengths to try and do it. We will alter who we are. We will overextend ourselves and exhaust ourselves with no guarantees and be taken advantage of. We'll go against beliefs that we hold dear. We will make every attempt to fill the stupid deep hole that exists within our hearts. And it does not matter if you are struggling for the first time today to potentially put your faith in the fact that the love of God is real, or if you believe the love of God is real your whole life. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you fall on because we all struggle fighting for love that we don't really need. We all need a reminder of where that actually comes from. The last verse for today is from 1 John chapter 3, verse one. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So my very last questions of the day come courtesy of our song. What if who you were meant to be, despite all the things you attempted to be and despite all the things that you've tried to be and all the people you've tried to be loved loved by and all the ways you've altered yourself to get there, what if who you were meant to be was always just you? And what if the love that you've always fought to feel was always free? Because you are a child of God. And you don't have to fight to be enough for his love because you and I were designed for it. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the promise of your love, Father. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have given that to us freely, Lord, that that gift is completely free. It is stupid cheap. It only takes our faith. It only takes us to believe that it is true for you to work in our lives and begin to fill the hole that exists within us, Lord, with your love, Father. Help us to remember as we go throughout our week, Lord, as we go throughout our daily lives, Father, that the only love that we truly need, the only thing we need to feel like we're enough is to be reminded of the love that you have for us and the gift that you have given us, Father. Help us to bring it into all of our relationships, Lord. Help us become vessels of your love for others, Father, so that we can spread your love and reflect it to the world around us and make this entire world a better place and we can live knowing that we are loved by the one true God. We pray all of this in your Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church, and if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word TRUENORTH to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.